0: episode 20 of rising tide radio the podcast for female leaders who lift each other up i'm jennifer hogan one of your hosts along with my friend allison apsey we'd love getting to connect with you and we would love to hear from you when an episode is especially relatable join us for a discussion about leadership and life lessons that will leave you inspired and motivated
1: I am Allison Apsey, an elementary principal in Michigan, and I am passionate about finding the beautiful lessons in everything we experience and about helping others thrive.
0: And I'm Jennifer, a recently retired school leader in Alabama. I'm currently facilitating schools who are creating cultures of character in their schools, and I'm a soon-to-be doctoral student. I'm really passionate about encouraging and empowering others to be their very best. And I may need your encouragement once I start that doctoral program.
1: Um, This is the first I'm hearing of this (laughs) doctoral program. That's incredible. Congratulations, Jen. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very, very excited
0: about it. Hoping to get started in the spring, which, um, you know, is is kind of exciting and nerve wracking all at the same time. Um, But I'm also really excited about today's episode, Allison. But before we jump into it. Um, Can we also talk about the importance of a healthy work environment? I know we've been talking about um, well-being and we've been talking about it kind of as part of personal responsibility. And and I think that both of us strongly believe in controlling what we can control, which is why it kind of makes it natural for us to talk about well-being. But we also recognize the importance of leaders helping to create an environment that's healthy.
1: (laughs) Oh, girl, you have just hit on one of my passions. And I know you share this passion with me. It is so important for leaders to get out of their own way and put others' needs in the forefront <laughs> to prioritize a healthy work environment. Like, I literally coach myself in this every morning. Mm. I, I get to travel the country to work with dedicated educators. And every time I ask this question, what might make a teacher feel unsafe at school? The top responses are gossip, bullying, and a lack of support. People deserve to be treated with grace and empathy and they deserve to feel valued and supported. And that starts at the top.
0: They really do. And we do recognize that and both believe in that strongly. Um, but sometimes we don't have control over that part of it. So um Anyway, I just I want us to t- to, I wanted us to mention that for our listeners um, who may not be in a healthy work environment and may feel a little bit lost um, when it comes to well-being because that can be such an influence. But, but really, I, I just want us to continue to stress that we're sharing ideas for us being able to do what we can about our own
1: well-being. Absolutely. And, and, and well-being is the topic of this four-part series, and we are in the third part of the four-part series. And, and when we talk about well-being, we're talking about listening to your heart, your mind, and your body, and then taking specific action based on what you hear. So this careful listening and action steps lead to us becoming the best versions of ourselves This contributes to our own personal satisfaction with life and allows us to be the people we want to be for everyone around us. The roadmap to personal well-being definitely looks different for everyone, Mm -hmm. but there are some universal truths and ideas that can help us all. We look forward to exploring them in part three of this four-part series. Yeah, and so today we're talking about self-efficacy,
0: and you know I want to share Albert Bandura's definition of self-efficacy. Uh, Bandura passed away this summer, but he was a psychologist who created the concept of social learning theory that I'm sure teachers who are listening to this podcast um, use and know about and learned about. Um, it's a, it's a social learning theory that's used in classrooms today. And Bandura defines self-efficacy as people's beliefs and their capabilities to exercise control over their own functioning and over events that affect their lives. That's a mouthful.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but I
0: think those first few words, people's beliefs and their capabilities is so key. You know, and in thinking of well-being and the stress and the burden that we all feel right now, it just makes sense that many of us lack self-efficacy right now as we feel like there's so many events that affect our lives. So many events um, are out of our control.
1: Yeah, and that that resonates so strongly with me right now, like in this moment, as we continue to deal with the impact that COVID-19 has on our schools and on our health and we want so badly to leave this pandemic behind but the reality is that it is still significantly impacting us as educators our students and their families Mm -hmm. and focusing on what is within our control and building our self-efficacy is incredibly helpful right now
0: yeah for sure and you know one way to improve self-efficacy is by setting small reasonable goals that can be focused on one by one. Um, You know, when we create goals around things we like to do, and I'll give an example because I like to run. Um, If you like to run, then you could set a goal of running a 10th of a mile longer each time or increasing your pace by a specific amount each time you run. But we're more likely to stretch ourselves when we set goals around things we like to do. And we approach these goals slowly and we don't stress about the results. Um, You know, and another thing, Allison, I learned from a good friend of mine that it's so important to celebrate successes Mm -hmm. and keep those setbacks in perspective and then also practice positive affirmations throughout the whole process. You know, sometimes when I don't feel like running, I have to tell myself I can do this, I can do this, or, or I have to remind myself this is hard work, but it's worth it. I'm working hard. Um, and I have to say those throughout, um, even if I'm not getting the time that I want or the distance that I want. So um, just want to encourage all of our listeners and you and myself. You
1: yeah, know, absolutely. To do,
0: yeah, to do these things as we work towards our goals.
1: So small goals, small, reasonable goals that can be focused mm-hmm. one at a time. And then that positive self-talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, in addition to that, Jen, one tool I learned early in my career is from William Glasser. So William Glasser created the concept of choice theory and reality therapy. And he taught us how to indirectly change how we're feeling with a concept he called total behavior. So um, he said, we can think of our behavior like a front wheel drive car. And I don't know much about cars, but I do know that with front wheel drive cars, the power goes to the front two wheels and the back wheels just follow along. So in Glasser's behavior car, the front two wheels represent what we are physically doing and what we're thinking. And so we can obviously easily change what we're physically doing, and that helps us change our thinking. Mm -hmm. So the back two wheels that get pulled along are how we're feeling emotionally and our physiology, which is how we're feeling physically. So when we change what we're doing, We change how we're thinking and we pull that behavior car in a new direction that changes how we're feeling both emotionally and physically. So if we are sitting on the couch, flitting through Facebook, looking at others, I'm using air quotes, perfect lives (laughs) and thinking about everything that's wrong with our lives and feeling miserable, we can't just twinkle our nose and feel better. Mm-hmm. We have to change what we're doing. Like if we got up and went for a walk or, or for a run or started to clean a kitchen, we start then thinking differently. And then all of a sudden we feel 100% better, 1000% better. Yeah,
0: yeah it's so true that we have to do the thing um, to change our feelings a lot of time. Um, sometimes we wait for the feelings to change to do the thing. Uh, It's really, it's really in reverse. And I love your air quotes about um, the perfect lives. I think if we start calling those Facebook lives or social media lives, instead of perfect lives, that may, that may help us. Yeah. Um, You know, I want to share a tool as well. And I love your um, glass or behavior car, but I want to share something that, that we can do uh, every, every week. Um, so each week, I hope that everyone is trying to get ready for the week, whether it's Sunday or Monday morning or Friday afternoon, that you're thinking about what we have to do the next week and um, you know steps that we have to take to get ready so that we're um, effective and um, can get our goals met that week. And so um, an e- there's an easy three-step exercise that you can do each week. and that is, When you're getting ready, and and this might be Sunday evening for most people, write down three things that happened during the week that you're proud of and how they made you feel after you accomplished them. So not just writing down what you accomplished, but also how you felt Mm -hmm. after you accomplished those. I told you I learned from a friend of mine how important it is to celebrate yourself and celebrate your accomplishments. And this, this exercise right here can make such a difference. Um, And then once you've done those two things, write down the three things that you hope to accomplish in the next coming week. Um, So this is a reflection and projection exercise. Um, It's one that can be done slowly and consistently. It's not too overwhelming. It's not too time consuming. But doing it consistently will help create a foundation for healthy well-being. I'm a person who thinks about these things every week. Um, But I'm going to start putting pen to paper and writing them down um, every week.
1: I appreciate that so much because when we approach the week feeling strong and positive and accomplished, we feel like we can take on any challenge that comes our way. Mm -hmm. But if we approach the week feeling like weak and defeated and not in control of the events that are um, coming up in the week, we're gonna feel like even the smallest task seems insurmountable. So I love mm-hmm. that idea of the empowerment with a focus on accomplishments from mm-hmm. the week that we're leaving behind. And then the, the planning for what mm-hmm. we want to accomplish in the week coming up. Yeah, thank you for that tool. Yeah. So I'm gonna add one more tool to our awesome. self-efficacy toolbox. And I think I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, <laughs> but it's worth a revisit. Um, so one of my faves is Gretchen Rubin, and she gives us advice on her happier podcast It's a great rule to live by. So here it is. Ready? Okay. If you think of something you need to do or want to do that takes less than one minute to accomplish, you must do it right then. Mm. So if you think about something that would take less than one minute, you need to get up and just do it right then. And it is absolutely remarkable how many things actually take less than one minute to do like making your bed or emptying the dishwasher or throwing in a load of laundry. I mean, you can tell like my focus is on getting stuff done around the house, right? But even sitting down and drafting an email or those kind of things, Mm -hmm. they often take way less time than we think they're going to take. And it's also remarkable how much more in control we feel and how much better we feel after we accomplish even those small less than one minute tasks. Mm
0: -hmm. I've got something right now that is sitting on my dryer. It's been there about a week and I just need to get it and take it to the basement. It will probably take me less than a minute. So when we end this podcast, Allison, my promise to you is that I'm going to take it
1: to the basement and do it right now. That is wonderful. And my (laughs) promise to you is I'm going to take one minute. I'm in my office right now and it's kind of driving me nuts how many piles I have, but I'm going to take one minute just to do a little bit of straightening up. So then when I walk in the door tomorrow morning, I'm going to look around and breathe a sigh of relief instead of looking around and saying, oh my gosh, you got to clean this yes. up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That is the best feeling. And
0: I, I want to say to all of our listeners, thank you so much for taking your time to listen to this episode. And we hope that you got some practical ideas. We we had lots of tools to share for your toolbox today. Hope you got some encouragement from it. Um, we would love for you to share this episode and your favorite takeaway on social media using the hashtag Rising Tide Radio. We just appreciate all of your interactions and your feedback and allowing us to be a part of your journey. Have a
1: wonderful week, everybody. I just want to add, Jen, that you've been doing a great job of putting links in in the show notes. So I encourage listeners to take a look at those links for additional tools or additional information about the tools that we talked about. So, and I just want to reiterate, thank you so much for being Rising Tides listeners. And we look forward to connecting with you next time.